In today's episode of Work at Life, we are talking about work-life flexibility, specifically when it comes to being a working parent. Join us and our guest, Jenny Deedy, Head of Sales for North American Staffing at LinkedIn. Welcome to Work at Life. This is a show for everyone who believes that work should be just as fulfilling as life outside of work, and that the way to get there is through building more human workplaces. I'm Maddie Grant, a culture designer and co-founder of a culture consulting firm called Propel, and I'm your co-host alongside my fabulous friend, Sonia Lucina, an organizational psychologist heading up the workforce division at Question Pearl. Oh, Jenny, it is so wonderful to have you on today. I just, I, I, I wish people could see our huge smiles from ear to ear. Um, Jenny is somebody who I worked with at Career Builder. Feels like many moons ago, but also just feels like you know two days ago at the same time. And somebody that I've just adored not only as a colleague, but as somebody who, at the time, it just had her first son and then her second son. Somebody who walked in the room and just lit the room up. Who was so incredibly good to her people, and just such a good spouse and a parent. And so I thought as we go into Q4, um, as we start to think about, you know, New Year's resolutions, what do we do? There's still so many questions that people have around how do I balance everything? How do I show up as my best self? I just thought, Jenny, there are a few people out there that I've just admired as much as you, and I feel I can do it as well as you. So you're the first person that came to mind that we just wanted to have on here so you can share your life experiences and your story. So, so lovely to have you. Welcome to our show. Um, and with that, would you please take a couple of minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for such a warm welcome. I feel like my heart is just smiling uh, as well as my face. So thank you so much. <laughs> so um, as you said, we, gosh, we, it was, it was definitely over 10 years ago that we started on our journey. Mm -hmm. at, but mo the majority of my career has actually been in recruiting, staffing and recruiting. I've worked in recruitment outsourcing as well, actually probably all elements of staffing probably for the last um, 20 years, but the past six and a half, I've been at LinkedIn and I used to run customer success. And then just a couple months ago, I moved into leading a sales team that focuses on our search and staffing customers. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of the work history. Um, and I have, I live in Chicago. I have a wonderful husband, two boys who are 12 and 14, and I'm really struggling with the fact that they're getting older, which is a different podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about that later. <laughs> I need, I need a support group for that. But I think one of the things that I am uh, really passionate about, so it's funny, like when I hear you introduce me, one of the things that really matters to me is living a very full, like a holistic yeah. life and not having just work uh, take over everything. It matters a ton to me, but want to make sure that I'm or always prioritizing my family, my the, all the extracurricular things I like to yeah. do, um, as well as like I'm super ambitious and want to do great things at work. So it's it's interesting that you you pick up on that. <laughs> I think for those of us who know you, it's hard not to. And I think you, you do it with such grace and you do it with such positive energy. And I think to me, as somebody like you and I lived in Chicago, I think we overlap by several years, um, but we've stayed in touch. And, and that's like the beautiful thing of social media is I feel like even though we don't talk all the time, like I see your boys growing up and I remember when they were just babies. So when you said how old they are, like I almost fell out of my seat. 
Um, and I see you, you know, living that life exactly like you were saying it, that there are so many things to enjoy. Um, and at first hand, probably by the nature of our relationship working together, I saw you um, at work and I saw you show up giving it your all all the time. Uh, but somehow you still never seem to miss a beat when it came to your family. And again, that's why I like, I just I admire that so much. And I think as a friend, um, you're somebody that I've, I've looked up to and I think like, oh, how does Jenny do this? And how would she manage this? And what would she do? And so um, definitely looking forward to jumping into some of those things you do day to day a little more. All right. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so as we get into our conversation, one of the things that we do on our podcast, because of course, um, you know, you have your approach to life. I have mine. Maddie has her perspectives. And I always love to to go out and survey because that's what we do. Um, you know, a number of workers in the US and, and see how do they feel? Like sometimes I, whenever I explain what I'm going through, I wonder like, am I a sample? You know, am I the only one? I know I'm a sample size of one, but is anybody else feeling a similar way? So this week um, through Question Pro Instant Answers, we went and asked 300 workers in the United States about how well they think they're doing balancing work with the rest of their lives. And the answers were really mixed. So 22% said, amazing. I could write an advice book about this stuff. 16% said, mm, pretty well, but some days are easier than others. 25% said, so, so, I could certainly use some advice on how to do it better. And 37% said, help, I feel like I'm losing handle on things over here. And that, you know, in many ways validated why this conversation is so important that people are saying, you know, some of them have it figured out, but a lot of people are saying like, I need, I need help with this. Like, I, I would love to see what others are doing. I would love to, you know, get some advice. Um, so as we start the conversation, like we take a step back, you were mentioning that you like to do a lot of things and you really like to have a variety. Like, how do you prioritize your time? How do you approach that when you like, do you think of your of your time and priorities in terms of like weeks, months, quarters? Is it something that's planned? Is it something that's more spontaneous? Like, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I have real clarity on the things that matter most to me. So what that means is, um, like, it's important to me to be able to participate in a nonprofit. So I sit on the board mm -hmm. of a nonprofit. So, like, that gets prioritized and clearly, like, you know, that's, you know, um, the meetings mm -hmm. are scheduled out. It's important to me to coach my kids' athletics um, and be present mm -hmm. for those things. So I've been, you know, well, I coached cheerleading before I had kids and now I coach um, soccer because my boys don't want to be cheerleaders. Um, and so <laughs> it's important to me. So I will prioritize that. So it's like, yeah. I'm really clear on what are the things that matter most. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, factor them in. I also know what are the non-negotiables. So like, I'm never going to miss a first day of school and I'm never going to miss my kids' birthdays. Now, does that mean some days I'm going to miss a, um, a different type of show or a different type of thing that's yeah. happening or like a volunteer opportunity at school. Yes. Um, but I'm clear on those because I think sometimes parents get so overwhelmed by all the things yeah. coming at them that they feel guilty. They can't do all of them. You can't, you can't do everything. You just can't. So I think when yeah. there's clarity on one, like me as a human being, what are the things that matter to me as an adult or as like as a human? And what are the things as a parent that I don't want to miss out on? 
And I, I actually communicate those now to my kids. So they know what they can expect. Like there are times that I'm going to miss and maybe dad has to go or, you know, there's not a parent there that that's very infrequent because the two of us really want to make sure somebody's there. But if I, if I'm going to miss something, my kids know why, because they're like, they're Mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. I I think that is incredible advice because I know, and I I've not thought about it that way. Um, So thank you for that advice, even for me. And I I hope it really resonates with a lot of people. Like I, I can tell when I have a non-negotiable or when I've made up my mind about something, it takes a lot less energy to figure it out because you know, like it's like, it's either yes or no, where I find myself in so many situations like debating, like, should I feel guilty about this? Should I not? Like today, my son had, um, an activity at school and I've been feeling a little bit under the, under the weather. And like now maybe that was a little bit different. Like, okay, am I contagious? What am I going to do? Do I go? Or like, I have this meeting, but if I miss this meeting, do I miss it next week? Like it takes up so much time and energy. And to your point, like so many of those situations come up. So if we can think about it ahead of time and have it really clear, it saves that energy. Definitely. Like, And then when you run into those situations where you have to think, it's not every moment of every day. So I love that. And I wonder, like, to me, I've not thought about it that way. Like, I feel like with Martine and I, it's still a lot of times like a different negotiation. Like, what do we do? Who goes? What's a responsibility where? Um, But I could see, like, that's a very practical piece of advice that also, to your point, makes it clear for your kids, which oftentimes is really most important because then they're going to be the ones most disappointed but the same thing at work, like now when we're talking about that work-life flexibility, I think for such a long time, a lot of us like assumed work would be first and worked assumed it would be first, especially during the work hours. But a lot of things happened that that can't necessarily be true. Like my kid's family day was during the work today. Like I, there, there was nothing I could do about it. Sometimes you have to take a kid to the doctor. So like setting those expectations with everyone makes it a lot easier to your point when things come up. So I love that advice. Can I add uh, one more piece of, of advice? And, Please. Um, one of, yes. One of my, <laughs> one of my old leaders um, shared this and I thought it would, like it just stuck with me. I think I posted, I definitely posted on uh, LinkedIn about it. So when, when I'm in a situation where I feel like I want to be in multiple places, or if I feel like I'm going to miss out on something, I have like very hard FOMO. Like I always feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, like, oh, I have to go to soccer um, practice. I have to go coach. And so I'm going to miss this meeting. I really um, use the framework of like, is it going to matter in five minutes, five days, five years? Like if I, if I'm going to like not, not go on a work trip, right? Is because I want to do something with my kids. Is that really going to impact my work life more than a week or, or leave even a month, like five years from now? Will I remember that I skipped the work meeting to be, to do something with my friends or my family? Um, or will it have been better to be at the work event? Like that's kind of like the balance. Like that's like the, like, I don't know, the, the barometer I use to figure out, like, mm. am I really going to care about this in five days or am I only worrying about it like right this second? So I think that's just another framework to kind of think about, all right, I'm like stressed out about it in the moment, but five minutes from now, nobody's going to care about this. Like, let's do what's yeah. right for my family or for me or mm. whatever. Yeah. I just um, want to share from my perspective. So my kids, I have two kids, one in college and one um, almost, she's a junior this year in high school. Um, so a little bit older, um, but I was a single parent, um, got divorced when my daughter was like three or four um, and my son was um, like six. So they were little. 
Um, and, but I was also building my own business, you know, as an entrepreneur and working for myself. Um, so in that, in, in that sort of environment, I basically decided there's a lot of things I just can't do because I have to work, I have to work or I don't pay the bills. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but what I can do is I can make my own schedule so I can be there to pick them up after school. Um, and then I just go back to work, you know, after dinner kind of thing. Right. So it's like, I didn't do any of the PTA, uh, you know, parent teacher volunteering kind of stuff. Cause I was like, I just can't add that. But instead I'm going to make sure that I have like quality time with my kids, you know, so it's, it's not at school maybe, but it's outside of school. Um, and I think that, and I also feel like grow, them growing up and seeing me as a single mom, like building a business uh, you know, like is a really good life lesson for them too. So I tried as much as possible to involve them uh, or like teach them like what I was actually doing, you know, and, and I do a lot of writing. So I, I was writing books at the time. Um, and, but that's like stuff that even if they never do anything like that, you know, they'll have seen sort of what it looks like to, to run your own business, you know, by yourself, which I think is really good. I mean, I feel good about <laughs> how they ended up. So, I think so that's far. amazing. Like, I, so Maddie, I think um, you bring on such a good point. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt I am who I am today, like ambition and all, because I watched my dad do it. He also ran, like owned his own business and was up at four in the morning if somebody didn't show up. So like I mm-hmm. watched him do that. And I, w- I want to be like that, right? Like, and so that is why it's like so important to me to work like as hard and like it's mm-hmm. in, as intensely as I do, because I hope my kids, can like get my work ethic and I can pass that down. And no doubt your kids picked up on that. That's amazing. I'm sure. And, but I think it's important to really communicate that with them. Mm -hmm. Right. So they don't feel like it's, it's either work or them, Mm -hmm. you know, or you're neglecting them because you're working all the time, which I know every kid feels that at times when, you know, you're on a phone call and you can't play with them, whatever. Yeah. Um, But I think, having those conversations as they're growing up about what it is I'm actually doing and things like that, you know, just make that sort of come full circle in a way. I love that. Um, Jenny, a a quick question. I was just reading a lot about like what organizations are doing about people going back to the office, not going back to like, it's still a debate, right? Like I feel like it's, it's been something we've been debating for over six months now, I guess, after COVID has kind of died down a little bit. Um, And there's no simple answer, right? Like it's different for different organizations. It is different for different people. Um, How are you managing like your actual schedule today? Because I wanted to ask you a little bit, one, around being a parent, but two, also around visibility for women in their careers when they're like, whether they're remote or hybrid or, but I guess to be able to do that, I haven't had a question to ask you before, like, kind of what's your reality today? And I don't know how long it's going to be the same or like, is it something that like, I, I don't know what LinkedIn philosophy has been around people going back to their office or not, but how are you med- managing like your schedule <laughs> today yeah. for work and family? For sure. Um, we used to be a very in-person culture and clearly, you know, post COVID or not post, cause I, I know it's still there, yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, the, um, we, we've allowed like the, the kind of philosophy is we trust our employees to do their best work where mm-hmm. they feel comfortable. And so my personal schedule is I'm, I'm trying to go in one to two days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to travel quite a bit again. 
And so like, I, I want to make sure when I'm home or when I'm in town, I'm home uh, a bit more, yeah. but I like being in the office. I like being with yeah. my team. I get a lot of energy out of being in the office. So it's really hard to like sometimes be at home, but no. The, like not having the commute time is really nice being able like, you know, soccer practice starts at four 30. I want to be there for that. Or like, you know, no. games and all that jazz. So it's, um, it's tough, but like, I definitely think the hybrid approach has really worked out well for, mm-hmm. for me to be able to have the option to do both. Yeah. Is there some advice like, um, I, so I work from home hundred percent. I'm the only person, you know, question pro has in Argentina. So <laughs> we don't have an office here. I've started to travel as well and, and see clients and see my colleagues, but, um, work from home is going to be my, my normal for a while. And I know for me, I think the nature of my work for a long time has been, I'm in a lot of meetings whenever I can, I'll do video more for like also relationship building, because if, even if I was in an office, my team is all over the place. So it's not like, oh, you know, we're all in Buenos Aires or we're all in DC or all in Chicago. So let's all go to the office. Like, forget it. I have people in like US, Canada, Europe, India, like literally all over. Um, So that would have been the norm anyways. But I'm reading a lot, especially about like women and the kind of, you know, impact saying at home might have and how do you make yourself visible? And I don't know if there is some advice that you would have. Like, it sounds like you're effectively really balancing both. I don't know. And I know being in sales, a lot of times like interaction is a little bit more the norm than, for example, in engineering positions where you can do it a lot more effectively from home. But have you seen some things, whether that have, you know, it's things that have worked for you or have worked for your team members? And again, I think women have been maybe stereotypically impacted more, but it could be for men too. Like how do you effectively manage relationships? Because it sounds like it, what you were explaining too is like your schedule is fluid. Like you're going in, you're traveling, but in many ways you're choosing how to do that. Like nobody's mandating it. Um, so what are some of the, some of the ways that you've approached that to maintain relationships and really like have that trust so you don't have to worry like, oh, you know, is somebody thinking I'm not doing my work or am I actually wondering if somebody on my team is not doing their work? I don't know if I have spent a lot of time wondering if people think I'm working or if I, or like if I think my team is working, I think results speak for themselves on both sides. I think it's more the connection piece that like the the word visibility to me, when you said it was more like, I want to feel connected to my coworkers that while they were all over the place, we used to have a lot more moments of in-person time. We we just won't have that. So I, I, there's a couple of things I, I, um, I do have my video on most of the time because I know a lot of people have chosen to like maybe do more walking one-on-ones or keep their video off, which I think people need their own healthy balance. But to me, mm-hmm. that like face-to-face connection mm-hmm. matters because I like I need that like, I don't know, yeah. that, that kind of piece of connection. I also feel like I, um, throughout actually the pandemic, have have made sure that there's protected time for non-work connection. So there's a couple of people um, in my work community community that I really want to make sure that I stay connected to. And so I do have regular touch points with them to make sure that it's not necessarily with a like a set agenda, like boom, 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 and move on, that it's like more of a human connection. Because that's yeah. the piece that I think is, is missing. Like, I don't know that I really hear a lot about people feeling like they're not getting their job done or that they don't feel trusted yeah. to get their work done. I hear feel people like they do their work and then they disconnect where there used to be like the happy hour or like let's have lunch or let's have those moments of like like true human interaction. That's the piece I think yeah. that's missing. So I try to be very intentional about like who are my closest friends at work 
And like, how yeah. do I make sure I keep those bonds really strong, regardless of like work or non-work topics, mm-hmm. um, which is tough because like we're talking about work-life flexibility, like there's not a lot of time to go on, but I know, or to go around, but that human connection at work matters yeah. to me. Like that's in my priorities. So I just try to make sure that I'm, um, there's time for that. Not sure that that really answers your question, but it does. It does. To work. If I didn't feel like people trusted me to get my work done, I think I would leave, which is again, probably another topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I'm actually curious, no, it, though, um, do you, because you do a, a certain amount of recruiting, right? Or you did. Like, I'm just wondering whether there are specific things that an organization can do for new people, new people coming in, coming in remote or mostly remote, because that's the life we live right now. Like, yeah. you know, are there ways you can get somebody connected to others, like beyond just their team or their department? For sure. I think... Um, so in my past life, like uh, recruitment, like especially recruitment outsourcing is a very remote. Um, those teams are very remote. Um, and so I think from an onboarding perspective, like sending them swag, making them feel like, which sounds like silly, but people want to feel like, you know, there's something mm-hmm. on their desk that says their company name or they have a shirt or some type of like moment. It makes a moment. difference. It, it makes really a difference. does. It makes a difference. <laughs> um, I also love swag, but so I'm partial there. But I also think there's like, um, there's a there's an opportunity for like an onboarding buddy that's not necessarily in your team, but is a safe Mm -hmm. space to like have again, that bond that's not necessarily like not just work related, but like, Hey, like I, you know what I'm experiencing, help me through that and not just tell me how to do my job. Right. Like, so I think there is um, onboarding programs that matter. And then like, I actually think there are a lot of really fun virtual um, like experiences that have been curated that aren't that much money. And while people will say like, I'm done with the virtual experience. People like are engaged and laughing when like mm-hmm. I've, I've done drag queen bingo, I've done cooking classes, I've done trivia, like a whole host of like really great things. Or we'll sp- we'll schedule time to do like um, a, a much deeper and better icebreaker. So like I have my team right now working on the soundtrack of their life. They have to pick ten songs that would like represent their life, right? So like free. That's my favorite one of right? all time. Something like that. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> It's like it's a moment of connection that doesn't require a lot of money, but like you can do it like remotely. So those are just kind of a couple of different things. I love those. And that's actually one thing I've always loved about you is like you always had these really amazing ideas for team building. Like that was never natural to me. I love connecting with people and relationships are so incredibly important to me. But the creativity, like the the things I was like taking notes that you were just saying, I was like, I always remember you had the coolest ideas. And I was this like nerdy little PG. It's like, I love people, but I don't know if I know how to show it. (laughs) (laughs) And can do way more fun things with her team than I can. Um, But I think like to your point um, about these virtual things, like a lot of us are going to have teams all over the place. And to your point, like, it's going to be like, maybe all of us can get together, but it's going to be really expensive. Like, it's not going to be like, hey, we have our whole team downtown Chicago. Let's go grab like a drink after work. For a small group of people, yes, but for a lot of people, they're not there. And like, what I remember hearing from my colleagues, like in my previous job, they were in different cities, is like, actually, when that happened with people in our like head office, they felt even more alienated because they're like, we're not there for the meetings. And then we're not there for any of the fun stuff. 
like this kind of stinks. So it's not, it wasn't just the pandemic. It's not just like, oh, like let's get done with this virtual thing. Like it's just a really great way to do it long-term. And I think to your point, and I loved actually how you answered my last question because in a way you totally didn't answer what I asked you, but you answered something much more important because you're right. Like if somebody doesn't trust you, you shouldn't be there, but it's more, how do you, build relationships with others because not only is it going to be like help you like your job better but it'll probably help you be better anyways so it's not about like earning your right to be there that should be like kind of the base then it's just building up everything on top of that so actually i, I love the way you answered and it totally i didn't feel like you you know i was like on cnn and i asked you about like to tell me about Obama and you went like in a different direction. I was like, no, like she actually answered the question I should have asked. So thank you, Obama. Thank you for that. Well, I, one thing I'll add to that, um, as I've like been thinking about the question, I think I'm really intentional about who are the people I need in my life. So, right. I need to make sure I make time for my boss because I need to make sure that he knows like what I'm doing and is there for like any emotional support, all that stuff, like whatever a leader does. But then I also am really intentional of always having either a mentor or a sponsor. Like I just started this new job. So I immediately said, okay, who's, who can really help me develop? So I found a mentor. So again, that's somebody that could be an advocate for me while helping me. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I struggle necessarily again with that visibility because I've been really intentional on who are those people yeah. that I'm connecting to. So I'm not trying to like cast the wide net really intentional with the time. Yeah. Yeah. How did you choose your mentor? That's, and sorry, this, I know this is not like Sonia and Johnny one-on-one advice time, but um, it's uh, <laughs> maybe even, I'm, I'm hopeful again, that if I struggle with some of these, like our listeners will as well. Um, mentoring is something that I'm a firm believer in the value of, and they've just done a really terrible job in my career getting mentors. Like I've, I think I've done a good job of circling myself with friends and advocates and people I feel like I can really talk with um but never really found that person like for the mentoring relationship and I think partly because I I haven't gone to seek it out why I don't know I need to do some self-reflection on that but that aside for those who are saying because a lot of people I talk with right now are doing more self-reflection are doing more soul searching are saying what is it that I want out of a career what is it that I want out of life and I do think if they have a good mentor they're going to get those answers much, much, they're going to see it clearly. They're going to get to the answers faster. When you choose a mentor, like how, what do you think about, like, what are some of your criteria? Who do you tend to reach out to? Yeah, I, I really, um, so my, my first really positive mentor relationship, um, I was part of a women's leadership program here and they gave you a sponsor. I ended up really leveraging that person at first as a mentor, then a sponsor. And at that point I was struggling to, or trying to figure out, do I want to be in post-sales or sales? So I selected somebody who, if I wanted to be a sales leader, it would probably be with them. And I knew they would ask me really thoughtful, intentional questions to like challenge my thinking. Come to find out five years later, this is now my boss. Um, so it really worked out well. And so now this time round, I was looking for somebody who had made the transition from post-sale or like um, non-sales into um, a quota carrying role. But then also, I'm always looking for somebody who can challenge my thinking and thinks different than me. So I asked, I re- had reached out to somebody who is much more of a quant, like a, a quantitative thinker mm-hmm. or very like intentional. Um, whereas I'm like, go, 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 you know, like gut thinking. Um, so I'm, I'm really trying to pick somebody who is a compliment or like um, who's going to like just give me some different, different style of thinking. Because I... I really want somebody to poke holes and challenge my thinking because I need somebody to help me like slow down. 
Um, so that's kind of how I do it. Like, what are the things I'm trying to solve? Like, one of I'm trying to now solve, how do I be a successful sales leader from non-sales? Um, this person has done it beautifully. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, as Maddie always says, we're running close to being out of time. I, I have a okay. thousand more questions, but you and I, I will catch up later <laughs> again in a real like one-on-one -on -one yes. session. Um, I feel like you've shared so much that I don't even know if it's fair to ask, like if you have any like last words of advice for all those people out there that are, you know, listening to you and saying like, wow, like I, I love what I hear. I'd love, you know, Jenny's talking a lot about being intentional, a lot about priorities, a lot about clarity. Um, whether it's like, how do I get started? Or I feel like my life is, you know, the way approaching is so much different. How do I get from where I am today um, to that place where I want to be like that you're describing? Like, do you have any final words of yeah. advice? <laughs> I do have a couple of things that I was thinking about that just haven't come up. So first thing is like, I am not good at all things every day. There are some days I'm a great parent and I'm not so great at work. There are some days that I'm killer at work and my kids don't get the best of me. You, you can't get the best of, of Jenny Didi every day. Like, I feel like as long as I average out for the week, like, and everybody gets some good points, like some days it's good, like the balance shifts. So I think trying to be perfect every day is unrealistic. And so like, I think that's my starting point. My second point is like, again, I started with this, like clarity on what makes you happy is really important. Like I, I just know what, what brings me energy. So I prior, I, I just make that happen. And I like, I guess my third piece of advice is like have a great partner and support system around your life. Um, whether that's friends, you know, just in general, like I think I, I have a really supportive, wonderful husband. I couldn't do it without him. And then my final piece is like, <laughs> Only do what you have to do. Meaning like I, I have so many friends who stress out because their house is not clean. I either would pay somebody to do that. And if you either don't want to do that or can't afford to do that, whatever, have your house be messy, right? Like really mm -hmm. focus on the things that matter in the moment. I mean, like there's so many like quick hacks for like work life, like balance is, is unrealistic, but like flexibility or just trying to like be comfortable in your mm -hmm. life, like outsource what you can outsource. And, and there's no shame in that. I think that's like the last thing I will say. I think people feel this like, what people see like on Instagram, people's perfect houses, perfect meals, perfect kids. Like that is just so not real life. Like it's just it's not. not. <laughs> and it's funny because we all know it's not yes, real life. Yes. And but we we're like, oh my God. Are like, oh my God. <laughs> Look at my <laughs> house. That's my, that, those are my last, <laughs> my last half. Oh, oh Jenny, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank it was you. just so amazing to have you on. Like I, the energy of this conversation, I think like the way that you approach things, I know I took so much away from it um, and I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being such an incredible human being. And I can't wait to hopefully see you sometime soon and just give you a, a huge hug. So hopefully this year or next we can make that happen. I would love it. Would make me so happy. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, everybody, for listening.